rash of targeted phishing attacks hits military account holders and their families at USAA and Navy Federal Credit Union. And is malware to blame for last weekend's ATM and online banking site outage? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, here with the Weekend Review for Friday, November 12, 2010. Targeted phishing schemes, which included hits to military account holders and their families at USAA and Navy Federal Credit Union, as well as a separate attack on officials at the World Bank, have again brought phishing crimes to the fore. These are just the latest in a long line of phishing attacks that have grown to be more selective in their approaches, using malicious emails that send unsuspecting users to spoofed websites, where malware hijacks their banking credentials. The schemes are more targeted than they were 18 months ago, says John Bazard of FICO. The reason? Targeted attacks, which hit consumers of specific financial institutions, often reap more rewards for the fraudsters. For the criminal, you get more out of targeting a specific institution, because a lot of these folks are not used to getting scammed, Bizarre says. Oftentimes, they are targeting people who are not quite so savvy and don't have a lot of experience with the internet and online banking. Neil Schwartzman of Return Path Incorporated, an email deliverability company, says phishing attacks won't go away until the banking industry launches a global effort to fight back. The international piece is important, Schwartzman says, because we know where most of the phishing attacks are coming from, Russia. From phishing, we move into outages. A curious ATM and online banking site outage strikes three of the country's top banks, all in the same weekend. What caused the outage? At this point, industry analysts and security experts can only speculate. But Julie McNelly, an IT analyst who focuses on financial fraud, says malware could be to blame for the weekend outage. Banks have reportedly claimed to be related to a computer glitch associated with the time zone change. It seems very odd that all of them would have the same bug pop up the same weekend. And this is you know, three years after Congress changed the time zone to be the first weekend in November. So. It seems that it would be odd that it would take three years for this bug to pop up and hit all of these banks at the same time. Outdated infrastructure is certainly a problem with banks. They acknowledge it. There's still you know, a lot of COBOL code floating around those banks. But much of that code is proprietary. Um, you know, so I would, I would be very surprised if you know, they, they had all had the same bug coded into outdated infrastructure. That, just, that doesn't seem like a plausible reason for me. I think malware is probably the most likely culprit or some sort of coordinated attack. It seems based on the players, based on the locations, that this, you know, it's somebody testing the parameters, trying to figure out, you know, how, how deep they can penetrate. And it looks like, you know, something was successful. Just how vulnerable are mobile banking apps? According to security testers at Via Forensics, smartphone apps could leave consumers' banking credentials exposed. Last week, the firm discovered security vulnerabilities in mobile banking applications for Google's Android and Apple's iPhone. Apps from Bank of America, Chase, TD Ameritrade, USAA, Wells Fargo, and Vanguard were all targeted by the firm. Via Forensics found that neither Google nor Apple had adequately prevented mobile apps from storing sensitive financial information and noted that some apps did not validate security certification, making them susceptible to so-called man-in-the-middle attacks. Some apps also inadvertently saved passwords because of the lack of encryption, and some saved data to the smartphone that had previously been viewed in the app itself. Mobile security is a challenge the industry is going to have to explore, and it's one financial institutions active in the mobile banking arena should take into consideration. But consumers also bear some responsibility here. 
Granted, the industry has an obligation to educate consumers about risks. But if mobile users are downloading unapproved apps from sites that are not recommended by their banks and credit unions, how much responsibility should the financial institutions really take on? And we wrap up the week with Professor Eugene Spafford of Purdue University, who shares his insights about incident response and assurance education and trends for 2011. Could schools, business, and government finally be coming together to create a dynamic new impact on information assurance education? Here is Eugene Spafford. There appears to be a little bit more focus, both from industry and government, on the need for uh, students getting some education in this arena. There is a greater demand for some uh, well-trained students. Uh, there appears to be some greater attention being placed on resources being brought to bear to develop educational programs. Uh, we haven't seen them filter into the educational environment yet. So I wouldn't say that the resources are there, but there's greater attention. There's a little bit more hope going on. There's been a little bit more movement in that direction. Uh, so the trend is positive, and there's a greater awareness. So we're moving in the right direction. That's this week's Week in Review. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great week.